Assalatu wassalamu ala rasulullah ma'abad. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Today, fathers, we're going to be talking about uh, parents, the importance of parents, the significance of parents, and um, how we are supposed to treat them in Islam, and what kind of attitude we're supposed to have towards them. Because Allah states in numerous places in the Quran, for example, Surah Nisa, Surah Isra, Surah Luqman, that to be dutiful to your parents. So, inshallah, we will be talking about that today. And now what do you want to take? Um, yeah, so Salaam Alaikum brothers and sisters. Uh, well, sisters for whoever is listening. Um, but yeah, inshallah, today's uh, podcast or halaqa is more going to be about, as Walid said, we'll be focused on parents. Um, and we can start off with by looking at uh, Surah Isra, I guess, verse 23. Mm-hmm. The... Exact verse, sorry, H, there you go, mate. The exact verse, um, there is just one bit that we can take because you can literally just analyze those two verses and talk about it when you break it down. You can talk about it for hours, but we can look at just, um, I guess, one section of it before we continue, and that is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim in Surah Isra, it is Wabil Walidaini Ihsana. Wabil Walidaini Ihsana. It says, treat your mothers well. Um, And Ihsan is not just treat them well. Ihsan is to treat them as best as you can. Treat them to the best of your abilities. And then it goes on to say, um, extend to them um, your wing of mercy. SubhanAllah, like it doesn't say, because it says Rahmah. The translation is a wing of, I can't remember, it was another word. Uh, but it wasn't Rahmah. The Arabic translation is Rahm, which means, as we know, mercy. It goes, extends your wing of mercy for them and humility. I guess from just that little section, we can take from that and continue this lecture, inshallah. But I guess that's where we should begin. It's don't, don't act in a harsh manner because Allah continues to say, don't even say oof. You've all heard that. It goes, don't even say oof towards your parents. And I heard much, much later on that, um, I think it was a hadith that if it was possible that there was another word in the Arabic language that was less harsher in tone, less, like not even harsh, it's just the simplest of tone, the simplest of things that has no impact on anyone possible, then the word oof, then Allah would have used it. Because we all know that Allah um, brought down the Quran in Arabic, because uh, re- uh, revealed to the Arabs, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came for the Arabs first. But if there was another tone, another word that could have been used instead of uff, Allah subhanahu wa taala would have used it. And that's just to share, like just to say, sorry, not even uff should be uttered towards your parents. You know. But yeah, inshallah, my mouth is dry already. So if you guys want to continue from that. I want to start off the, the talk at the beginning by saying to the brothers here and whoever listening to this in the future, inshallah, that without realizing that what we're doing or how we're carrying ourselves, it affects our parents a lot. We, we go out every single day, there's dangers in the world that is unknown to us, unknown to our parents, unknown to, we just don't know if we're going to come back home safely. So when speaking to our parents, when serving them, when carrying out their commands, we should always be polite, we should always understand that 
the stage they had they got in their life, the stage that they brought you in your life, it wasn't easy for them and they sacrificed a lot for us all to be here, to be where we are right now. Some of the parents might have grey hairs. We all know that it takes a lot of willpower, a lot of determination from our parents to get to that stage in life. And they're like, I'm not sure what narration it was, but I heard that Allah will create a house for every white hair that you grow in your head. That's to show that that the the mouth work your parents put in for you to get to where you are, you should always just be careful what yeah. you're doing. We can upset them in many ways. So one advice I'll give to all the brothers right now sitting here is always whatever you do in your life, whatever even if it's a love to your parents, to always keep them in your mind because somehow it will affect them in the end. But just going on from what you said, Abu Bakr anha, no, Umar anha, it was narrated that a man comes to him and um, says that, you know, I carry my, uh, my mother on my back because uh, she's immobile. Uh, she's at such an old age. Um, I, you know, carry her um, when needed. When she needs, when the call to nature comes, she can't do it herself, so I have to uh, take care of her. And, um, and when the time for wudu comes, I have to, uh, you know, help her. But I look away out of respect. Have I fulfilled my duty yet towards her? Umar anha replies, No, you have not. Because your mother did that for you, plus more, with the hope that you will live and continue to grow. But you're doing this now, but know that one day it will stop because she's going to die. Your hope is that, not your hope, but you know that she will die and let me do it now whilst I can. Right? And that's obviously what you should do. But it's the sense that you can never repay her. Sorry. Because you can't. You simply can't. You, she birthed you and she, the way she cared for you can never be repaid because she did with the hopes that you will continue. You will be living. But you know that she will die in a while. You know that this will not be forever. And like, subhanAllah, like you said, um, you know, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it was narrated that he was giving a, a hadith, uh, no, no, sorry, a khutbah, I believe. And the sahabas were all around him. <clears throat> And they heard him, and you know, he was just, he was there, وسلم, and he was going, Ameen, and another one, and he goes, Ameen, and another one, and he goes, Ameen. And Sahabas goes, What was the hikmah? What was the, you know, the hidden knowledge behind this? Because they don't ever say, Why did you do it? They say, What's the hikmah behind it? Muhammad وسلم, goes, Jibreel السلام, came to me, let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, Jibreel السلام, comes to me and goes, uh, may his nose be rubbed in dust if he, and this was narrated three times, so his ru- uh, nose being rubbed in dust is, you know, a humiliation. So may he be humiliated if he doesn't. So one is Ramadan finishes and he hasn't been forgiven. We can expand on these three points if we want later on. But So first one is may his nose be rubbed in dust if Ramadan finishes but they aren't forgiven. When Muhammad sallallahu name is heard, and peace and salutation is not sent upon his name. So whenever we say his uh, name, Muhammad sallallahu is followed. You know, we send uh, our salams and peace upon him. The third and final one is, parents reach the old age, and you can cater for them, but you don't. And the exact thing is, because they're the ticket for you to enter uh, paradise. 
You looking after them at that age is your ticket to go into paradise. So for the person that had the opportunity to cater for them when they reached an old age, but you decided not to take it, may you be humiliated. If you still didn't enter Jannah and you had the opportunity, may you be humiliated. Because how could you pass on that opportunity? It's like having a pot of gold in front of you saying, no thank you. It's ludicrous. And after each one of these, that Jibreel salam goes and says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes, Ameen. 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 You know? Subhanallah, it's very, very powerful. Like, go, just going on from what you said is, when you get that opportunity, because we've reached adolescence, we've reached our ages of, say, we're approaching maturity, even if we reach maturity, our parents start to become, quote-unquote, annoying, dependent, and everything else that we were. But you didn't hear them complain. Like... They now demand our attention and care, but you overlook it. We, we see them as annoying, like, oh, why do you require my attention 24-7? Mom, let me just be on my phone. Let me just do this real quick. You know, subhanAllah, like, when, when it gets to the, uh, the old age, because that's when it becomes hard. When you're young, you love your mother. Like, my little sister right now is inseparable from my mother. You'll catch her, like, randomly, goes up to my mum, kisses her on the cheek, and won't leave for, like, five minutes. It's, that love is, is there, it's natural. But when you get older, and you feel like you now have your own responsibilities and your own chores and your own things to worry about, your own family to care about when the time comes, all of a sudden your parents are a burden. And that's why it's, it's a golden ticket to paradise. When you reach the old age... Sorry, when your parents do reach the old age and you have the opportunity to help because most of us will only see them reach old age when we've reached maturity, when we have our own families. Where it does become financially hard for you to support them, but there's no reason for you not to. It was said that um, a man once took his elderly mother uh, for an entire pilgrimage. And he went to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he told him this. And the man... And... The man was told that despite carrying his elderly mother on his back for the entire pilgrimage, that doesn't repay even one kick that the man gave in the, his mother's womb. So people saying, like, I did this for my mom, but I do this, but I do this, but I do that. That's, you know, they've literally nine months, they carried you, they bathed you, they fed you. And I see people, I was in the part, like, this is from experience. Um, not necessarily personal, but from stories I was told, I heard the conversation of marriage come up. They wanted, uh, they wanted to be spoken about. But what I've realised is people who value their wife more than their mother. Yeah, subhanallah. So that's why I wanted to bring up this point today because we should be valuing our parents the most. Yet people just go, "Oh, I want to get married this quick." When, You've got your mother in your life, you've got plenty of years to get married, but you've only got your parents for a certain number of years. You know, subhanAllah, that point that you just made, because I don't want to expand on that uh, too much, because I know the main point is cherishing the time before you're away. Um, but, you know, there comes a time, obviously, like you've seen it, you've, I think we've all known it, we've all heard it, where somebody gets married, and then the other person says, don't go speak to your mom. Don't speak to your dad because, you know, they might have a little 
beef between them They have my little something between them So there's like now a barrier between you and your parents Or Sometimes uh, it's the wife to the, spa, uh, to the husband Says don't, don't see your family I don't like them, they don't like me And then the other person says to the wife don't, You can't see your mother and father anymore Because we have our own little thing Like When that time comes A man was asked how he dealt with it Goes So the wife had a problem with the parents Saying, you know, your parents use you, you know, They don't do this for you They don't do that for you But you still go see them He kept them both happy How? He still went and saw his parents every day Even though he goes My parents did not treat me right Which was in the case that They didn't come see me They never put the effort in for me But I always had to like, you know, go the other way around I can't remember the exact thing But he kept them happy by always Taking that first step towards his parents And then when it came to his wife He didn't listen to that advice But he still kept her happy By being, you know, not reacting Not keeping a grudge against um, his own wife Which obviously you can't do But he done everything else right Which was keep ties of kinship And that is the one thing that the Quran always advises Keep your ties of kinship um, But your main point was Treasure your time now with your parents And, you know, one thing that... Uh, We've all, we all know is that Acts of goodness now Is where it's most valuable In our teenage years Ibn al-Jawzi He uh, Rahimullah I think yeah, Rahimullah uh, He uh, narrates That It's most valuable When you do acts of goodness now Because there's so many desires to keep you away from it You know it's so easy to say I can't financially help right now Because I need the money to save It's so easy to go and spend your time elsewhere with somebody else when you could uh, give it to your parents. You know, a man was asked, should he do his sunnah prayer or listen to his dad? You have to listen to your dad. Your father comes before that. And remember the narration of the Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was, who's the most important? Your mother, your mother, your mother, then your father. And that's, the sunnah was, should I pray my sunnah or should I listen to my father? Listen to your father. So what is it when the duty comes for your mother? You know, your duty to your, towards your mother is even amplified, if you will. You know, I can't lie to you. Uh, we kind of spoke about it briefly in the uh, Dajjal halaqa that we had last week. But myself, I didn't have the best of relationship, if you will, with my mom and dad. Because I was so distanced. I was being, I was, to be honest, I was being the normal teenager, if you know what I mean, like... Keeping myself to myself in my bedroom, always on my phone. Just didn't want to speak to them as much. But it all got a bit too much when I heard my mom cry one night in prayer. And she's making dua for us. And I'm there thinking, my mom hates me. My dad hates me. Nobody loves me. I'm going to run away. But, like, for everything that I was doing, they still had the patience... They still, you know, every time I was downstairs with them, the little time that I gave them, they never brought up the past. They never brought up the last argument, the last thing that we might have done. Because, you know, it's a fresh page. I don't know how long you're going to be with me right now before you go back into your bedroom. Let me spend my time with you. It'll be a fresh new page. Yalla, we just have our little jokes and then I'll go back to my room and it goes back again, you know. Until one night I heard my mom cry and she was making dua and, you know, like for me, And I felt like such a, you know, I just thought to myself, like, I'm the reason she's crying. 
Because what mother wants to see her kids go bad? What father wants to see their kids go astray? Like, it's nonsense. I mean, there are some cases, like, I've seen some horrific stuff. But the majority, alhamdulillah, we've been blessed with parents that really care for us. And for me personally, what was required was a change myself first. Like, there was nothing wrong with my parents. I couldn't ask them for more than what they were given to me. They were making sure I was good at uh, school. They were making sure I, I was eating. They were making sure I was fed. They were making sure there were lights on. They were making sure there was a radius, radiators on every winter, which is why I always say to everybody, winter is my favorite season because of the memories. What memories? Every year, every time I came home, it was nice, it was cozy. I felt warm, I felt loved. You know, how would that have been possible if I didn't have a loving home? If home didn't feel like a home? So... What more could they do? The change had to be from within. The change had to be me. I discovered, like, honestly, what do I do? How do I change it? Do I continue being that kid that just avoids my parents? You know? I, and then, uh, to be honest, I became the joker, if you will, of the house, of the family. Like, fudge times, you'll catch me joking around Suhoor, uh, having banter with my dad. My dad would be like, go have cucumber and yogurt. And he just dared me to do, like, silly stuff. And we just do it. And that's just how, like, our bond build. And now they're not, they're, they're my mom and dad, but they're my best friends as well. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. I, all thanks to Allah as well. I can't attribute that to myself. Um, carrying on from the point you made about <clears throat> a home being a home, that reminded me of the fact that we should always be grateful to the fact that we have a house in the first place. 100%. A lot of brothers, when they think about their house, they always think about what they don't have. The best TV. They haven't got multiple consoles. They haven't got extra bedroom, or they're sharing a bedroom, or they're sharing a bunk bed. They're always thinking, "I want this. I want, I want X, Y, and Z." But they don't. That's because they're comparing themselves to the people of this country, where everyone has more and they want more. But you fail to recognize that this world is very small. That wherever country the brothers are here, sitting here from, or listen to this, back home in those countries, a lot of people don't have a TV. That if they did have a TV in those houses, they'll be grateful for it. That if they had the extra room, there wouldn't be six, seven people sleeping in one room. There wouldn't be all these, all these things going on in those countries that we are, don't see or fail to be grateful for. So whatever you, situation you're in, mm. always be grateful that whatever your parents have, they're giving you everything they have. Yeah. They're losing something, <clears throat> they're losing either their sleep, their physical ability as they grow old and they can't do more, more because they're trying to provide for you from when you was little to the stage you're in now. Always be grateful for what you have and remember that everything could always be worse. There's a couple of brothers that haven't got parents, both parents. They've only got a father and they've only got a mother. All their life they're growing up, all they're thinking about is, I wish I had this extra parent so I could look up to them or I could do this for them or I could do this for so much stuff for them. And then there's brothers that have the best house, that have both parents and they're out on the streets or doing what, what they shouldn't be doing, even though they have everything because they're always thinking of what they can have and not what's right in front of them. Which is why a lot of brothers, when they grow up, they hit their face, they hit the 32, 33, they realise, oh my God, all my life I waste my time and now I've lost a, I've lost a, I've lost a diamond. I've lost, I, I've lost everything, which is apparent. I know personally people that lose people, or the people like their parents or one of their parents, and they realise, oh, I should have done this when they were alive. The reason why I'm saying this is because all of us should be grateful and every day try to serve them the best we can. Mm. Because one day when they leave, the opportunity to please not just your parents, 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to go. And when that time comes, I don't want the brothers to be or sisters to be in despair or regret for the rest of their lives. So whatever you do every single day, whatever they're telling you, even if to you it looks bad, for example, when you're young, you're with your friends, your parents tell you be home 9 p.m. Some of, your, some of your friends, they stay until 12, 1 a.m. That's because you don't know they might have a mother or father that's telling them to be there at 9 p.m. So when they're telling you to come home 9 p.m., that's because they care about you. They're looking over you. If they're telling you when you go to school, do this, this, that, you should always listen to them and be grateful because one day we might not have that angel in our life. Yeah, I think an aspect of what you just said is, is, uh, <clears throat> is showing respect towards your parents, which... Obviously, there's been a massive... It's, it's evident there's a, there's a decline of just general respect towards your parents anyway. Imagine if, if your mom came to you and she goes, can you get me a biscuit from the kitchen? And you're on the top floor of the house, you're going to be like, do I really have to? Do I really have to do that? Can't you get it yourself? Do you know what I'm saying? And there's a couple of stories that... Um, or stories or Islamic examples that I know. So, like the biscuit example I just gave, there was a sheikh that used to be in Saudi, and uh, he was giving his khutbah on Friday... He was in the middle of his khutbah and then all of a sudden his his mother walks in into the masjid and his mother had uh, like a mental illness so and she was she was somewhat delusional so his mother walks in and she shouts uh son take me to walk our chicken mm-hmm. now he didn't have they don't have a chicken as a pet yeah. they don't you know they've never had a chicken yeah. but the mother walks in delusion she says son help me walk the chicken the sheikh, he gets up midway through khutbah. He, says, he walks to his mother. He walks to his mother. He says, okay, mother, I'll take you. He takes his mother out. And whatever she wants him to do, he, goes, he, he does it. An hour later, he comes back and he finishes the khutbah. Imagine if we, we can't even give biscuits to our mothers. If our mother said, can you get a glass of water? We say, can't you get it yourself? You know what I'm saying? And there's another, you know, like, form of respect is, there's another example where back in the day, is if we walk into a room and we sit down on a chair and then our mother walks into the room after, do we give up the chair for our mother? I mean, I can't, you know, I can't guarantee that everyone does it. Do you know what I'm saying? Back in the day, there's a story where if, if a brother was in a house and it's a two-floor house and the brother was on the top floor of the house and then the mother comes in afterwards and she's on the bottom floor, the brother would quickly run downstairs to the, bo- to the, uh, the bottom floor to make sure that there's that, you know, that show, showing of respect. And if the mother was on the top floor, the brother would make sure that, you know, he's on the bottom. So that, that form of respect is something that there's been a massive decline of. And we have to kind of work towards um, showing that and building that, especially. Touching upon that, the, the, uh, being disrespectful towards your parents. Yeah. Now, what does the Quran say about this? Or what, does, what did the Prophet Muhammad say about so, this? Sorry, sorry. In fact, he, it was narrated in Bukhari and Muslim that he, was, uh, that he said, Shall I tell you one of the major sins? He says three times, Shall I tell you one of the yeah, major sins? I heard this one. And then, uh, obviously, the companions he said, What? And they were, he said, Associating partners with Allah, first one, a second one being uh, undutiful to your parents. Look at the significance of parents in Islam. <clears throat> People want to talk about, you know, like the Sandy Muslims, they say, oh, your religion is this, your religion is that. But look at Islam. It first tells us to be dutiful to our parents before anything else. Yeah. That's what others yeah. lack. SubhanAllah, yeah. literally that exact point that you just made. You know the verse that I went to, Surah Isra, yeah, verse yeah, yeah. 17? Do you know how that starts off? So it goes, And your Lord has decreed that you not worship except Him and to your parents good treatment. Mm. 
Subhanallah, like there is, it isn't the next verse. It's the same verse. He goes, your Lord has decreed, he has demanded that you worship him and him alone. Don't associate partners. So you worship him and him alone. What next? Your parents? To be dutiful too. To be dutiful. Not just dutiful. Ihsan. To be, yeah. you know, treat them with the utmost goodness. And also, in, uh, touching upon that, Shaykh al-Sadi, may rahimullah, he said this verse. Uh, you say, which verse did you get it from? That was Surah Surah verse 17. Okay. There's another one from Surah Luqman, where Allah says, but behave with them in, a world, uh, in the world kindly. And be dutiful to your parents. And the Sheikh, Rahimullah, he said that this verse where it says be dutiful and kind to your parents means treat them kindly in all ways, in in word and in deed. Yeah. So not to go say off to your parents, even in actions, don't swear at them. How many times have, how much have we seen in today's world like so people common. swear? We see in the movies as well, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. See, and actually people don't Muslims, they should understand that uh, the uh, what's it called? The anger of someone's parents is the same anger of Allah. Subhanallah. Do you know? Yeah. Just, you made two points, right? Yeah. One of the points that I want to highlight, first of all, was Luqman. Also, another verse in uh, Surah mm-hmm. Luqman, verse fourteen, I think, was where um, Allah highlights. Fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Surah fourteen. Uh, sorry, Luqman, verse fourteen. Uh, Allah highlights that your mother carries you in pain and agony. Uh, he goes, thank me, and your parents. And to me is your return. Again, there is a literal connection that Allah makes between himself and in your parents. Like, subhanAllah, how much more importance could there be given to a topic? If not more than that. Like, there is a direct, direct link every time. This time it says, thank me, your parents, and then to me you return. Direct connection. It's not another verse. Again, it's the same thing. And subhanAllah, it's this direct connection every time that shows you the importance. It goes, um, the only part, the only bit of disagreement that you should have yeah. is if they tell you to do something that doesn't go against what Allah said, uh, sorry, it goes against what Allah has said, then you simply disagree. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything else. Yeah. You disagree, you still treat them with kindness because that's still your duty. They're still your parents. You still have to treat them with kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if I can find it, God, my notes are really messy. But uh, Abu Huraira, uh, he narrates that there was an incident. He got abused by his mother. He then goes to the Prophet wasallam, and he narrates to him and he goes, Oh, Abu Huraira, you know, accept this one. You weren't in the wrong. You got off, you know, on the, you know, you, you got the worst of it. But just, you know, kind of accept it. Just firm it, if you will. Because in this day and age, wallahi, like, there's one thing that doesn't happen is you firming something. In this day and age, if something does, somebody does something wrong to you, yalla, it's a fight. Even if it's your parents, like, it's, yalla, mom, you wronged me. What does that mean? Financially, your father does something. That's another thing that I want to go on later. But, subhanAllah, he, he goes, he firms it. He goes, oh Rasulullah, please make dua for, my, uh, for her. He goes back home. And then he knocks on the door. The mother goes, don't enter. I'm having a shower. She finishes, comes outside, and she's ready to accept Islam. SubhanAllah. She comes, out, like, comes outside, and then gets dressed and everything, and then comes outside and goes, I'm ready to uh, take my shahada. And takes her shahada there and then. Like, SubhanAllah, it's... 
one one thing you kind of get from that is words it's not just words it's actions to her mom to sorry to his mom there was nothing but action there mm. you walked off and then come back afterwards you done nothing it was just actions your form of that with your mother there and then was just action that was it but subhanallah the significance of that and another incident for abu hurira uh, he narrates a story where this man was walking in front of a, a old man and then he calls the man over i think the man's name was abu abu hassan he goes who was that man that was walking in front of you he goes oh abu Hurairah, that was my father Abu Ghassan Abu Ghassan Abu Ghassan You've uh, You've broken the sunnah Of um, the Prophet You've broken the sunnah That your parents have Like The virtues that Islam has given you uh, That has given your parents He goes Don't walk in front of your father Don't ever Don't walk in front of your father You either walk On his right side Or you walk behind him Never in front And when you're walking Don't let someone split that gap Between you two when you're walking on his right, don't let somebody break that gap. Like, subhanAllah, the beauty of this, by the way, there and then is, don't walk in front of him, walk behind him. And if you do walk by his side, don't let anybody split you two. Because that is the value, that's your worth, your worth is together. That's your value together. And then he goes, um, if, you're f- if there's a, a piece of bone with meat on it, you're having dinner. Yeah. Say there's a piece of chicken. If you see your father eyeing that chicken, leave it. Don't even think about it. Wallahi, and I, I heard literally, I, I heard about this one today. And I realized like how silly I was because this is what I do all the time. My dad goes, have it. And in my stupidity, I actually think that he wasn't hungry. Bearing in mind he's worked from 7 to 7. Or, uh, you know, I think he starts at like, he wakes up at 7 and pretty much comes home at 6. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's not hungry. He offers me that piece, like, of course, alhamdulillah, we have enough. You know, but he offered me the best piece, and I thought, oh, he's not hungry, he doesn't like it. Wallah, like, so, here's the narration, let me know it straight. But it goes, if you see your father eyeing up that piece of meat, don't think about it, leave it. Don't eat it. Because more times, if he sees you looking at it, he'll want to save it for you. But he wants that for himself. And then he goes, Never look your father in the eyes sharply. Don't look at him in the eyes. It's rude. Like, if I was to stare, stare you down, it's rude. You know, like, you don't just start doing a little staring contest with everyone. Don't stare at your father sharply in the eyes. You sit till he sits. But he sits first. You sit till he sits. When he gets up, then you get up. You don't go to sleep until he goes to sleep. Why? What if he needs something? Going back to your point. Not even your mother, your father. What if he needs something from you, but you're asleep? I can't lie. Yesterday, I fell asleep. Oh, my dad was still up. Like, I'm, I, like, subhanAllah, all of this was like more of a slap in the face and a wake-up call for me more than it is anybody else. But yesterday, I fell asleep before my dad did. And more times, me and my dad, like, we'd be having a discussion before we go to sleep or, um, uh, you know, there will be times where he asked me for something, get the laptop out, do this for me, search that, whatever, whatever. But it goes... And subhanAllah, like the hikmah in that, the, the wisdom in that. Don't fall asleep until he does. And that is also a hadith, uh, hadith uh, Tabrani. And um, that was that hadith. But I just wanted to highlight that because it touches up on what you said, what Salah said. And just 
this is not even your father again we've realized like the significance of your mother but i do actually feel like that the significance of fathers have been lost slowly Absolutely, slowly yeah, because are. we've we've amplified that the importance of a mother so much because we tend to forget that a father has a role or feelings or yeah. yeah everyone thinks that their own man yeah, they make yeah. not even just father in general like the men were what would it be like put on the side and like they don't have feelings they're just men you know yeah you guys want to come in a little bit as well but yeah um like everybody thinks that the man that's why they say when you reach adolescence all of a sudden everybody thinks they're big they don't need their parents you know i want to give one one more story before i talk for too long but um <laughs> this man this boy i think he comes home <laughs> i hate just he laughing relax uh, there's this um this man comes home or this boy his friends give him a dog and he comes home with the dog his mother goes either the dog or you sorry uh, either you uh or none of you no no uh, either or. but it was either the boy comes home or uh, none of them he goes yeah i don't need them he just walks off he just goes home day goes by two days go by i think on the second or third day he comes back he realizes that he's nothing without his parents i don't know if you know anybody that's ever been in jail but i guarantee you no matter how good of a friend you have and you think you have there will be nothing in comparison to what your parents would be there is nobody that will be willing to come down every single day without fail every week without fail at every opportunity they will come for your friends let me see my calendar am i free on that day potentially let me just try squeeze him in to your parents your life revolves their life revolves around you subhanallah the power for me the most impactful um part in islam regarding parents is in the quran so they don't know the quran is the most powerful piece of literature in the world yeah so in the quran um there's a verse i think it was touched upon in surah al-isra so um where the um it's it's essentially don't do shirk i'm going to paraphrase it so don't do shirk don't commit murder yeah don't commit um uh don't kill children the, there was another one as well but essentially the only do in the passage was do be dutiful for your parents so the power of this so what is it what's, what's the significance anything except your best essentially is a failure to comply so where in the quran does it say that it's haram or it's negligent obviously it's negligent but where is it that it's you're disregard, disregarding the commandment where you're not 100 focused in prayer which was salah one of the five pillars of islam in other let's say there's so many cases you can think of but where does it say that you know do do this or do do you know be a hundred percent but with parents it's essentially do your best anything else is less than that mm. and what i've noticed is i mean i've seen it in some cases in university when people are on the phone or blah 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 the way that they address their parents is like you would think that the, if you look back in the, in the times of you know um or in the in the stories in the even here even in england in the past you look at the 11, 1100s 1100 whenever medieval ages wherever there's always been an element of respect towards yeah. the yeah. the, the even 100 years ago yeah 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 well, so less than 50 now you you look at that and then you look at what it says so this is you know people who don't follow islam and you look at the people who follow islam now and 
I think in the I'm not going to make this East versus West or whatever, but <laughs> essentially in the West, I think people are becoming more Westernized. They're seeing how people treat their parents in the West now. That I see a lot of people treating them in a very similar way. And when I go back, let's say when I go back home to Pakistan, the way that they address their parents, the way that they interact with their parents is so completely different to what we yeah. do now that it's just, in, to be honest, for the significance that it has for their parents, and it, you think everyone's going to become one day, inshallah. Yeah. But the impact that it has, and then we disregard that completely. I mean, I don't, I can't, honestly can't fathom it. It's just ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah, that difference is so apparent, though. Like, the difference between how that treatment is anywhere else. Because I can't, yeah, I don't want to make it East versus West thing either, but how often is it that when a kid reaches a certain age here, the mothers will most, most likely be like, okay, yes, yeah, your time, go now. University from after university, is, mm-hmm. you're looking at your own place, your place where you live, it will be most likely different to your parents. Whereas here, they'll keep us as long as they possibly can. You know, my mother said uh, this not too long ago, goes, do you not think that I would love for your brother to still be on the table when we eat? Like, I would love for him to be here when we eat. But I know he's a grown man and he needs his own. Like, he's married now. He's married, he's got, like, he, his work is in London. He's got to be in London. But it's like, never do they even want to let go. They don't. They don't even give you the option. Like, if they if they could, they won't even give you the option. They'd love to keep you around for as long as possible. Sometimes, yeah, touch upon that. Sometimes, like I feel like, even us, we fail to see how much our parents have done for us. Yeah. You touch upon this previously, but yeah, we fail to see how much they have done for us. They literally brought us up since we're little children, since we were born. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so, like not just fail to see. It's like it's even impossible to see. It's like absolutely because yeah. first three or four up, you don't even remember. Of course. So you only Allah knows how much they did for you yeah. in those three years, mm-hmm. and then later even like for example yesterday you can't remember every single thing they did for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Because on Twitter I saw this thing where people and I was actually quite surprised how how many people were advocating to bring their parents into care homes when they were older. They were trying to justify that oh, but if you're if you're not financially stable, then the only option is to put your parents into a care home or whatever. And I'm just like in my head thinking, how dare you? That's like your parents, to they have. There are loads of parents in the world who go through financial difficulties and stuff like that, but they still provide for their children. They still put a roof on top of their heads. They keep them there, give them education, give them everything that they need, regardless of like who's more financially stable or not. But still, the children get their, you know, what they what they actually need in life. They get most of them, especially in this country, as where, where we're living. Subhanallah, my father. Like we are. Yeah. At this time, my youngest sister wasn't born yet, so we were. Three sisters, no, yeah, three sisters, two brothers, that's five siblings. When we first came here, mm-hmm. my father was working like twice a day. Pretty much his whole day was work. But there was very little rest. His only rest was sleep and then go back to work. That's how he had to provide. Not once did he ever think, let me put my kids in a care home. Absolutely. Let me do this and then that. He, like, alhamdulillah, thank Allah for this. Always chasing the halal uh, money. No matter how hard it was, two days a week. He's been here for how many years? God knows how many years. Even before he even came here. He was 11 years old and all he has ever known is work. All he's ever known is to provide and help his family. And the thing is, the older generation knows this, but we don't know it. 
the older generation knows that from the moment of birth, the moment of kind of aql they have, like knowledge they have, your parents and your older generation deserve everything you have because they've been working until they can't anymore. And if they could, they work a little bit more, but they can't. My grandma, I don't know how old she is. Like, mashallah. Like, may Allah bless her with even more life. She wakes up every morning. She does her nightly prayers, by the way, which we don't. I, well, I don't. At the moment, I can't. I'm too busy. More times I spend my time procrastinating. Though. She does her nightly prayers. Go to sleep. Wakes up for Fajr. Because we, we have a farm in Kurdistan where we live. He goes. Uh, sorry, she goes and caters for everything that needs to be done. By the time the kids wake up to go to school, she's prepared breakfast, she gets the eggs and everything, and is sorted. You don't have to think about anything. She's like, you, if a, if a woman her age here, she'd be sitting comfortably. She'll be sliding down the road in those uh, scoot, mobility scooters. She'll be drifting like, right by you, round the corner, skirt. <laughs> Bro, she is living life. Whereas there, wallahi, they don't lose that. Just like you. <laughs> they don't lose that. But the older generation knows this. The older generation knew that who they owe their times to, even from a young age. Yeah. But subhanAllah, like, when you grow up in comfort, I feel like you get used to the comfort. Yeah. And working outside of that comfort is Absolutely. abnormal. Going back to the care when I saw it and um, yeah so I saw so many like Twitter replies saying it's justified it's justified literally most of them are saying it's justified now I'm thinking to myself how in the name of Allah can you even think of pink imagine your parents who have bought you up and everything to put them inside a care home the excuses they come up with is okay what if we're not financially stable enough what if I don't know it's not our responsibility to take care of them. Of course it's your responsibility. In fact, Allah says in the Quran, it's your responsibility. How the anger of your parents is the anger of Allah. If, they, if, if the parents curse you, Allah will curse you. Obviously, it doesn't mean, obviously, when the parents are right. Yeah, yeah, rightfully yeah, curse you. But they wouldn't curse you. Because yeah, of course, they wouldn't. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if they were to, then the curse of Allah is upon you because you're being negligent towards your parents. Let me make a point before I forget, because yeah. this point came to my head like five times and I kept forgetting. But that one point that you made, and the point that Amir made is... The swearing and the disrespect mm. towards parents have become so common. You know, let's say you don't swear your own parents. But how many kids have you heard when you get into an argument? We discussed this in the Dajjal episode as well. How many kids have you heard when they get into an argument, they curse the other person's parent? Mm. What difference is that? They're still a parent. Allah yeah. has still given them the rights of parenthood. Yeah. And you're still cursing another parent. So guess what happens in an argument? You give somebody a slap. On the cheek, guess what you're going to get? A slap on the cheek. So you're going to swear at their mum and dad? Guess what you're going to get? Cuss words towards your parents. So in, initially, all you've done is just swear yourself. You swear your own parents. And what does that lead back to? The anger of Allah. Anger of Allah. That's where it leads all back to. In fact, what's greater, like, what's a greater, like, fear than, you know, the punishment of Allah, the anger of Allah? 100%. We shouldn't fear anything more than that. You know what I feel is really underrated these days? What? Heaven lies underneath your parents' feet. Yeah, your mother's feet. The literal feet. meaning is like heaven lies under your parents' feet. Mother's feet. Bro, the importance that Islam gives to parenthood, no religion, no society, no different way of thinking or culture can ever possibly do that. Because our own Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa was a son. Our own Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa 
he went through. He had parents. Isa alayhi salam did not, uh, as you all know, like he didn't have a father. Yeah. You know, subhanAllah, that was one of the miracles. So, I I believe one of the things that I heard was Christians, even though, like, alhamdulillah, like you see in some certain Christian families, they will uphold that ties of kinship. But they've had to fill in the gap as to how they go about it. Where we have a direct command, commandment of Allah giving importance to it. Giving us how to go, like, you know, like, here's the rights that you have to observe for your parents. I personally, referring back to what I said earlier on, I believe that, I believe that a person's character, how they conduct themselves, and especially their man, it reflects upon how they treat their parents. If you're disobedient to your parents, you don't listen to them, or you think you have some sort of right over them, and for example, when you're in front of them, you use your phone. That's a sign of disrespect. You sitting there scrolling through the timeline or through Instagram, through Snapchat for one, two hours in front of your parents. That's a fact, that's, that's a form of disrespect. There's so much little things that we can point out about form of disrespect to your parents. But all these actions combined, you should try to res- prohib- prohibit yourself, restrict yourself from all this stuff to please them, even though if it's not right. Even though if it's not right to you. So in the end, in this life, you should try to boost your man and what you do uh, yeah. towards Islam and not wait for something bad to happen to yeah. you to then so turn to Islam. Yeah, of course. Because Allah loves those who turn to Him yeah. when it's not a time of despair, so, yeah. then turn to Him when a tragedy occurs. Yeah. So, inshallah, try to boost your man, be kind to your parents, and we'll all attain Jannatul Fardaus. And I also want to touch upon another thing, like, really quickly, like, what can we do for our parents? Like in this world and after they uh, pass away, but may Allah like grant all our parents, you know, long life, long and healthy life. But there's a lot of stuff that we can do. First of all, like as a child after they have died, we can even like um, obey them even after the death. So one thing, if the parents were in debt in this world, we can finish them for them. And I think it is a duty for us to pay off for them. And also, if um, if the parents had not performed Hajj, you can perform it on their behalf. Perform Hajj on their behalf. And also, of, of course, you can pray for their forgiveness as well. Uh, in this world. And because Allah says in Surah Al-Isra that, And say, my Lord, bestow on them your mercy as they did bring me up when I was young. And uh, Shaykh ibn Saadi said that this means pray for mercy for them when they are alive and after they die. So after, may Allah uh, grant all our parents a long life, a long and healthy life. Inshallah. 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 But um, after they die, we can still, we should, what's it called, uh, go to their graves. Like, even like, uh, whenever I go back home, I always visit my granddad's grave. You know, always pray for mercy, you know, for, for his forgiveness. Uh, may Allah grant him to Jannah forgi- and had uh, forgiven his sins before he died. Inshallah. Yeah. Um, touching up on another topic of significance of uh, parents in Islam, you know, um, a man was asked. He was he wanted to do voluntary jihad. This was the time where it was like a requirement, like there was a need for it. But it was voluntary. This one was voluntary. The man goes to the Prophet sallallahu and he goes, "I want to help. I want to come with you guys." And um, <clears throat> the Prophet sallallahu alaihi goes, "Do you have parents?" He goes, yeah, I have, uh, I have a mother. She's old. 
Was, um, go back to her. Well, sorry, he asks, uh, who, who's there to care for her? Because no one, I was her carer. Because go back and cater for her. That is your job. That's, that's your sunnah. That's what you have to do. That's your duty upon your mother. And another incident was, same, another man comes and he goes, I want to I come with you guys. I want to come with you. Oh, Rasulullah. Sallallahu He goes, how did you leave your parents? Goes crying and sad. He goes, go back and make them laugh and smile the way you made them cry and sad. Yeah. yeah. I think for this yeah. for this today's halakha session, yeah. Alhamdulillah, we've covered a few good points. Yeah, of course. Alhamdulillah, Many we can all benefit from this, inshallah. And next week's topic will be about the punish of the grave. Inshallah, that'll be very so, good. One, so, um, everyone sitting here, inshallah, bring your friends. And whoever's listening over the podcast, through the podcast, <coughs> try to forward it. Inshallah, yeah, if you, could, if you want, subscribe to it so you can get reminders constantly. Share it. What's it called now? Mind of Minority. Mind yes. of a Minority. Yeah. Add us on Instagram, Mind of a Minority. Inshallah. And all the social media, inshallah. Like yeah. that. Um, with that said, well, yeah, with that said, khair. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And girls, if there are any, wrap it up, please. Jazakallah khair brothers and sisters for listening Inshallah next week's uh, podcast will be very good It will be on the punishments of the grave So stay tuned Assalamu alaikum